0: everyone and welcome to just a fad podcast i'm blaine and my buddy greg and i are just two foster and adoptive dads excited to talk with other dads about faith family and fatherhood
1: oh and uh blaine don't forget about the dad jokes uh
0: yes there'll definitely be plenty of dad jokes as well this is just a fad Well, we've got a great episode for you today on Just a Fab. We've actually got two dads joining us today, Andy Potter and Chuck Bump, and um, they've got a really cool story that you're going to hear how their journey through fostering and adopting has kind of brought their families uh, even closer together, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, these two guys have a real special place in my heart because both of them were people that I met relatively early in their journeys as foster parents, and when I had just switched jobs and was getting to know some more people, and I actually got to walk alongside of both of them as they went through their particular decision-making process and just listening to them try to decide what was going to be next, and I got to be there in the front row for most of the story that you're going to hear today.
0: Yeah, it's really cool, and I think, I mean, the the thing I took away from the whole that you'll, you'll hear throughout the story is just how important that community and that relationship and just those those conversations were for them um, and for a lot of foster adoptive dads. So I hope you guys get a, something great out of this uh, story today. Uh, as usual, we asked Chuck and Andy to kick, kick us off with some of their best and or worst dad jokes. Same thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. we couldn't decide.
0: Yeah. But here they go. Yeah,
2: good. <laughs> hey, so did you guys hear the one about the polar bear, though? Well, what you about know how the to catch polar, bear? A polar bear?
0: How do you catch a polar bear? Yeah. Very dangerously, is what I would no, say. it's
2: super simple. So, you need a saw and a bag of peas. So, you go to Sam's and get like a big, like Sam's or Costco sized giant bag of little green peas. Not a sponsor. Not it a sponsor. Could be. It's could be, though. Hey, call us. Um, so, what you do is you cut in a big hole out into the middle of the ice and you sprinkle the peas all around it. And so, as the polar bear comes up to take a pea, you kick him in the ice hole. <laughs>
1: Such <laughs> a dad joke ever. <laughs> good night, everybody. This podcast has been wonderful, but we're yeah. gonna go and end it there. I don't know that we can go any better than that. Uh,
0: oh, who needs meaningful book. foster and adopt <laughs> stories when you've got dad jokes like that? That was wonderful. Okay. Oh, that was good, Chuck. Can you top that one? Come no, on, man. I
3: can get a, an actual dad joke
2: though. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, is it from your dad? I'm sorry, it wasn't a polar bear joke. wasn't a dad joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that one
3: was like and not, like, terrible. <laughs> it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't terrible. It was, <laughs> I was much more funny than bad. How does a moon get a haircut?
0: How does a moon get a haircut? Mm-hmm.
3: Eclipse it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, does he find? Good.
0: Does he find the eclipse on the internet? I don't know.
1: Maybe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Great eclipse. Eclipse, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's
1: all right. fantastic.
0: yeah, it's only going to go downhill from here. So, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, we're we're joined, Greg and I are joined tonight by uh, two good friends, uh, Andy and Chuck. And uh, we'll let you guys just take a minute, just introduce your families a little bit to us, uh, and then we'll get into a little bit more of your story. This is unusual for us to have two, ho- two guests, mm-hmm. we always have two hosts, but to have two guests on the podcast, Sometimes don't I do like phone sense. it in. Yeah, <laughs> well,
1: sometimes it's one and a half at, yes, best, at okay. best.
0: 1.25. On <laughs> a bad day. Yeah, okay. Uh, all right, Andy, you start. Tell us a little bit about your family.
2: Yeah, so um, married to my beautiful wife for almost 13 years now. Can't believe she's put up with me that long. Yeah. Um, much less 13 seconds. Uh, we've got five amazing kids ranging from two years old uh, all the way up to 16. So almost have us a driver. Uh, That's definitely needed. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. You know, my oldest, uh, I did a step-parent adoption of her back in 2015. Um, My 11-year-old is my unicorn of the family in multiple ways, but she's my only full bio kid in our family. Wow. Um, And then uh, we adopted a couple years ago Ella, who is about to turn seven, Clinton about to turn six. Uh, we adopted them out of foster care a few years back, uh, and right now we're actively fostering their baby sister, Sophia. Um, so to sum our household up, it's... Uh, calm. That's what I would super say, calm. calm. Yeah. yeah, pretty uh, chill. Pretty yeah. chill. <laughs> um, never chaotic. Uh, no one <laughs> screams ever. Uh, everybody uses soft, gentle voices. Uh, <laughs> and obedience is, I mean, you don't even have to ask twice. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Five kids makes it very just calm and pretty relaxing, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's us.
0: All right. Chuck, go go for it, buddy. All
3: right. Uh, We also have five kids. Um, So my wife and I have been married for 15 years.
0: We're not auditing here, but she might. You know.
1: Yeah. I don't it's know. It's okay. This is pre recorded. I think that's we'll correct.
0: just say that it yeah. was right.
1: That is correct. <laughs> when it, when we come back and it it's says sixteen years. years. <laughs>
3: sixteen over top it'll of that. Sixteen later this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's fifteen. Two thousand five. All right. So if the
0: voice changes later in the podcast, it's okay. You know. uh,
1: sixteen. Years. Uh, we have four bio
3: kids. Oldest is eleven, youngest is four, and then we have a foster uh baby. He's about ten months. Yeah. And um yeah, that's uh, so five kids. Same as Andy. Things are a little bit crazy, but um, yeah, it's been it's good.
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: I feel outnumbered. Like all of you all have way more kids than I do right now.
1: No, no, no. So you're not outnumbered. Numbered. Yes, that's this the, is p- that's true. The yeah. thing. you guys still have a man defense going yes. on in your home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have we have fully committed to the zone. Oh yeah, yeah. Because we have five kids in our home. Too, Wait, right? you guys play defense? Well, that's, we had to say that because we're being recorded. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. In case the it's authorities the nice ask, thing to call yes, it we're engaging. Defense. Not yeah. like, well, I guess well, I know where we got that one. I can get another one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> They'll be fine. <laughs> They'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. They bounce. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, they're on the second floor, but it's on the back half of the house. We're on a <laughs> hill. It's, it's yeah, they can roll. Up. They're okay. Tuck and roll.
0: <laughs> you thought I'm tuck and roll a long time ago. Oh, a long time. <laughs> yeah. long time ago. It's good. It's yeah. like
1: first step and then tuck and roll. That's it.
0: Yeah. So both of you guys mentioned that you guys are currently fostering and have fostered to adopt. Andy, you talked about fostering and adopting. So how did you guys, about it, both your families independently, I know you guys kind of came to that decision, but um, how did you guys get into deciding to to foster? And since Andy went first last time, I'm going to let Chuck go
3: first this time.
0: Awesome. To be fair.
3: So uh, fostering and adoption has been something that's kind of been my wife's like passion ever since she was a child. So she came like when we started dating, she would talk to me about wanting to be able to foster and adopt kids one day. And uh I wasn't so sure about it, but you know I was young. I was like whatever. And um
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, this probably won't yeah. come up again. No, this, we're is, fine. this is future chucks problem. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah.
3: I'm not gonna worry about that today. So then uh uh, we had a friend in college um, who worked at an adoption agency, a foster and adoption agency, and he uh, he talked to us about it every now and again, and he kind of talked to us into doing some respite care, so every now and again, we'd have we we'd bring some kids in for respite in our house. This was right after we got married. Yeah. Then um, we got licensed. We were living in the state of Nebraska at the time. We got licensed there, um, and this is uh, maybe about a year after we got married, and we had two foster kids. We had them for about nine months. Uh, they were young. Mm -hmm. Uh, Little boy was 15 months when he came to live with us. And then uh, his sister came to live with us when she was just two days old. Wow. Um, And then, um, yeah, after that, then we kind of took a break, had our bio kids. And then um, when we moved to Kentucky, it's something we'd been thinking about for a while. And then a couple years ago, uh, actually uh, connected with Greg. And uh, he kept Reminding me that we were supposed to do this—that <laughs> sounds uh, like a, a really nice way to say that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah I was kind of like, I don't know, God said to do it. Maybe you should shut Dude. up and quit whining. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, I don't know. That's God hears me whine a lot. So he's, <laughs> he's a well, yeah, me too. There's no stones being thrown <laughs> in this
2: glass house. <laughs> you're that, fine. That yeah. same conversation for me is when I stopped going to the fourth floor and doing laps with Greg. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: you stop getting that input at a certain point. It's very helpful.
3: Yeah, so then we had a couple placements, uh, ended up disrupting with them, and then we have the uh, baby we have now.
0: Yeah, So that's cool. How did it start for you guys, Annie?
2: Yeah, so Leslie and I, we were trying to – a lot of our family was pushing us to try for number three, and and, and we kept telling them no. Um, You know, I definitely – I'm a fan of that man-to-man defense. I think our – Defensive scheme now is called anarchy, um, but, uh, but God has, he's got a really crazy sense of humor. Um, <laughs> I mean, in so many ways, um, but so we had tried and tried, and then uh, Leslie had some health complications that caused us to not be able to, uh, but in that time, God just reminded us like, hey, I've got a bunch of number threes for you all, um, and fostering had always been kind of a concept in our house that we talked about. Uh, maybe adopting you know adoption would be part of our family journey for maybe a fourth uh down the road, so um we'd talked about it, kept tabling it, kept kicking the can down the road, uh, so to speak, and then we actually were at a friend of ours house who provide respite, and they had these two little twin girls at their house named Loretta and Lynn. Um, <laughs> Can't wow, make that up. nice, um, nice. Oh, that's fantastic. That's a very that's classy great. naming yeah. strategy, yeah. And so here we are playing with Loretta and Lynn at their house. Um, you know, I'm gonna uh, laugh every time, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I'm really
1: upset that I didn't like name my boys Hank, <laughs> William, and Jr., <laughs> I mean, like, oh my gosh. or Walker, and Texas Ranger. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, come on, yeah.
2: It's <laughs> so so for for me, it's gotten easy over the years, like telling the story and saying Loretta, Lynn, yeah, um, <laughs> and, you know, over and over again, but no, um you know, in that, in that, you know, moment, you know, we left that first night after meeting those two girls and we're like, this is where God is sending us. So, uh, you know, for us, uh, our, our first placement was supposed to be a weekend placement. Uh, and I actually just checked the math. Um, that was 1,480 days ago. Um, last <laughs> not that time anybody's I checked, counting. It, it's two to three days is the typical weekend. Um, yeah. and, and so, you have been
1: living in a never-ending weekend, my friend. That yeah. is fantastic. It's like yeah. Groundhog Day. This that is, is not weekends gonna... at Bur- Weekend at <laughs> Yeah, Y'all, This is just like all fostering experiences. It's a never-ending weekend of fun. <laughs> yeah,
2: for sure. So.
0: That should be like the tagline. That's my T-shirt. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Try foster care. It's a never-ending it weekend, weekend of fun. Too. Yeah.
0: So it started for a weekend and they never left.
2: Never left. That's crazy. So uh, and then for us, our journey kind of continued. Uh, so we had we finalized adoption on October 23rd of 2019. Uh, it, early in the morning. Uh, and then we actually went back later on at one o'clock that same afternoon and started pre-trial for their baby sister, uh, who was placed with us a month before uh, the adoption finalized. Mm, yeah. So we hit the reset button. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: I, and I think this is a common thing that like happens. I mean, this is part of your experience, you know, that that as you enter into foster care, you know, you get connected to one mom and one family, or even mom and dad. Uh, that's had kids, and then invariably another kid comes along, and another kid comes along, um, and I think this is just part of the the journey. How did when that conversation came up, and they're like, "Hey, you guys already have two two kiddos in your home. Here's another one." How did that come up for you guys, Andy? And what was your all's kind of gut gut response, gut reaction to, "Hey, here's another one."
2: Yeah, so we we almost immediately found out that mom was expecting because we very soon after the placement was made and we knew that it wasn't a weekend uh, and that real that reality became very clear within that first week um leslie my wife just knew in her heart that she also didn't need to just pursue these kids but she needed to pursue this mom mm. uh, that this mom needed someone to uh, to just love her and her mess and everything that comes with it uh and so we set up some very specific boundaries we still had to make sure that we maintained a safe environment for the kids. Um, but Leslie opened up a channel of conversation with, between us and the bio parents almost immediately. Uh, and it's really cool. Four years later, um, now they're checking in and out with us because of how our journey is ending. Um, but that relationship is still there yeah. uh, you know, for us. So I think that was really kind of the first piece of it. And then that allowed mom, as soon as she found out that she was – uh, you know, pregnant with the second one. Um, that was probably about eight months out from her actually being born. And again, I said, I'd stopped going to the fourth floor uh, of our office to have conversations with Greg um, because for <laughs> he'll us, he'll talk you into anything. Oh my you gosh. Yeah. You. He, I mean, he beat me up and down and back. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but no, he, he, you know, he very clearly like this part of, uh, of his foster journey, you know, definitely collided with mine and, you know and it was it was crazy between Greg and my 11 year old um, who at the time she was um, about eight ish um, you know between the two of them that's really the voice that God put in our path to to make this step of you know anything from Greg just answering all of my rebuttals of why I wasn't going to take another child in my home with well why not yeah. and then to have my my own child look me in the eyes and say well daddy there's a bed downstairs and when we don't use the office; it's empty. Um, why don't we put her in there? It's like, how do you how do you walk away from that?
3: <laughs>
0: it's so um, dangerous when you teach kids reasoning skills. I mean, it just can really come back at you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so yeah, so that's how we wound up. Uh, you know, fortunate enough to ten months or, or actually nine months into uh, you know life, uh, we were able to get a phone call uh, during church. Uh, stepped out, and next thing you know, we had a. Sweet little girl, sitting in our sitting in our house and um, you know part of our life. Mm. Yeah,
0: that's cool. That's cool.
1: I am so happy with that.
0: <laughs> You're so happy for your role in it,
2: or <laughs> well, just... no,
1: it's because I'm listening to him tell the story, and he's like, and he just kept saying, well why I'm like just i kept asking questions and it's because i didn't know what to say <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like, just keep talking I'm like, seriously the holy spirit's gonna show up and say something any minute now because <laughs> i got <laughs> nothing and we've been walking around in circles up here for an hour so. which turned into months
2: <laughs> yeah it really did it did
0: but <laughs> i've got no fine. good advice so i'm just gonna keep saying why why
1: uh, what why? do you think what do you <laughs> think <laughs> i don't know <laughs> you could be a
0: therapist you could be really a therapist
1: yeah, I'm going to need that 1500 bucks, bro. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> so, um, obviously, as you can tell, like we all work together. We all know each other. But uh, Andy and Chuck, your old story has intersected even a little bit more, though, through this journey. So, um, Chuck, do you want to start that part of how, how this, then your old families get tied even more together?
3: I, I think it makes sense for Andy to start uh, uh, and then hand it off to me. Yeah at a certain point in this story. Mm. Okay.
2: Yeah, so just smack me uh, when you're ready to hand it off. Um, Well, it's it's with the phone call. (laughs) Yeah, so so here we are, you know, we get the placement of baby sister of this sibling group. So my three youngest, the two that I've foster adopted, and uh, their baby sister, they're actually biological siblings. Um, so we go to the five day conference. Uh, so for those of you all outside of Kentucky, we have a, a five day conference after placement, um, where you sit down and you start working through what the case plan actually is going to be for this family. Um, and so in this conference, uh, mom comes in and she's like, Hey, before we get started, I need to tell you all something. And I just remember, you know, that cringe inside of me that I knew what was going to be said. Yeah. Uh, but she looked across the table at all of us and says, Hey, I'm pregnant again. Yeah, so, like, so walking out of that, I was, you know, we were definitely closed. Um, we only have a seven-passenger vehicle, <laughs> uh, so we always talk about we're out of booties. Uh, yeah. We have no more. We we have no more placements uh, uh, available in our home. We're out of bedrooms. Uh, we've actually built another bedroom in the middle of this. I don't have any any other space to like build another bedroom uh, right now. So, uh, anyway, uh, we so we just continue to walk with mom. Um, through this. And our prayer the last time was like, God, let us say no um, with Sophia. And that was not the case. Um, But with this one, we were, you know, God, like we, we know our limits and you do too. Um, We, we've just immediately started praying over this family of like, we wanted somebody else to do two things. Number one, that I had the, you know, the belief that that family was going to pray over this kid every night when they go to bed. Um, but that this family is also going to pray over their family uh, and fight for their family, Um, which sometimes in foster system, it looks like fighting with, Mm -hmm. Um, I got to throw that out there. Um, And so here we are, you know, nine months later, uh, get a phone call from uh, our worker that had actually followed, followed us to the ending of our adoption with our, with our two and our current caseworker. And they give us a phone call and they say, hey, um, and, and I'm not quoting them exactly, but hey, you all got a Rolodex of foster families at your church. Um, you got 30 minutes. Give me a name. Um, and and so in that moment, you know, I, I knew that Chuck and Jody had just displaced, and I knew that they were in a place of healing, but I'm like, you know what? Why not? Like, let's see. I, I told God no all along. Like, let's see if they're going to, you know, that they would be on board, and we had not talked about this prior. And so I text Chuck and Jody, and, and I say, "Hey,
3: you, me or Jody?"
2: Well, I text both of you all, mm. but specifically with Jody <laughs> on the text message. Um, there, there was some intentionality in, in making sure that Jody was on this text message. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hold on, are you
1: asserting that you did not receive a text message?
3: I can neither confirm or deny. Okay, I don't, <laughs> all right. We could probably f- scrounge it up at some. I, point I, I may have. Spot. I may have just dismissed it. Okay, he yeah. <laughs> was probably like, oh, nah.
2: "Andy's Andy's texting me." <laughs> <Deny."> yeah, <laughs> <Deny>. Never mind. <laughs> deny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll so. Read anyways, that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, you know this. This is where, uh, you know, they respond back to me, and I don't know if it was. It was definitely Jody responded back, um, not Chuck, but you know they respond back. Hey, let's let us talk about this. And then a few hours later, um, I get a phone call from Chuck actually, and it's Chuck on the other end of the phone saying, and I actually have his older sister um, in the car with me when I get this call. Um, I've never cried so hard in my life, um, but I hear the words come out of Chuck's mouth: "Matthew's at our house, he's safe." Hmm. Okay, so. You got to backtrack like just a smidge. Yeah, got to go back a little bit. So,
3: yeah. uh, like Andy said, we had had a couple, uh, a placement at our house. We had two kids that were um, like 9 and 11, 9 and 10 years old, something like that. And um, we had just displaced with them uh, in, or they had, they had just left in uh, April. And this was, so this is May. Yeah. Uh, it was right after Memorial Day. Hmm. Um, we had gone to visit my brother for Memorial Day and uh, on the way there so we just had the four bio kids at this point point. and on the way there I'd t- been talking to my wife about kind of how peaceful things were yeah. and like how it just felt right. This feels and really easy compared yes. to the six that we just yes. came out of. Yeah. and none of our kids are in diapers anymore. And I specifically said it's just great. We don't have to change diapers. on the not of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and and then, then Andy had to go I, and yes, ruin something. Yes, and yeah. then Andy. And then I was, I, I was thinking, you know, this is this is great. And Andy had been kind of texting me and telling me, well, there's this other thing going on. You know, this. You know, mom's pregnant and everything else. I'm like, whatever. We're not going to take this kid. This is crazy. Yeah. Like, you find somebody else. Lots of people <laughs> like babies, right? Yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah. So, um, and that was really the my thinking all the way up. Even when Andy texted me that morning and said, hey, this is happening today. I was like, whatever. You know See, I did text this- him. <laughs> 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 He'd been texting us all along, but I never took it seriously. I'm just like, yeah. whatever. This is not going to happen. Right. And then um, the caseworker called my wife. Andy, I think you told him to call her. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) And uh, she didn't say no, which is kind of like strange. I was like, (laughs) okay. So then she came out and she, I I was working uh, and she came out to the office and she's like, hey, so the caseworker just called me. This is really happening. And um, we need to make a decision. And he said, we have 10 minutes. And I was like, we have 10 minutes to like figure this out. And uh, in that moment, I realized that this whole, like, well, other people like babies, too. This shouldn't be a problem, meant that I had to say no to the baby. Mm. And, like, what kind of a jerk says no to a baby? <laughs> yeah. So all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, I can't say no. I want to say no, but I can't. And uh, I didn't want to say yes. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to do anything. So um, I got really, really angry and did what, uh, you know, probably... Most people would do. I just ran away. Yeah, and literally, I went outside and I found a spot to hide. Literally, and <laughs> I just sat behind this tree and had a bit of some words with God. Yeah, and and um, finally, my wife was like, came outside and she's like, "Hey, Chuck, where where are you?" Yeah, <laughs> and I think she thought maybe I had just left. Yeah, I was just, nope, not going to do this. And uh I came out from behind the tree, and it was like, okay. And we sat down, and I said, Did, like, we just literally had this conversation yesterday, and now we're talking about, you know, this baby coming to live with us. Like, how am I supposed to say no? But at the same time, I really don't want this. Like, I, yeah. don't, I don't want my life to just get completely screwed up again. And um she was... She's like, okay, fine. Well, let's just bring the kids out and the kids can decide. So uh, we're sitting in the yard, the kids come outside and I tell them like, hey, so this was, uh, we were getting ready to, it was May, it was getting ready to be summertime. And I was like, well, we got some travel plans this summer. We we're going to go to Holiday World. We we're going to do all this stuff. And I said, well, if you get a baby, you can't do all of these things. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ooh, so, trying wow. really oh, trying really hard. Oh my gosh, that is such a good, yes. I mean,
1: that's not right. That's so not. I think they teach us this
2: tactic in foster training, though, too. Yeah. It's like, give them two yes. really bad, uh, yes. yes, yes
3: <laughs> and, like, do you want the baby, or do you want to go do fun things? would <laughs> you
2: like to
1: take a placement. It's <laughs> called compromising. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and uh, the kids voted, and they all voted for the baby. And <laughs> oh, I was like... I don't know who's <laughs> raising them kids of yours. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Jody. Yeah, <laughs> it's Jody. For sure. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Like, I'm uh, not happy about this, but obviously this was God's plan. And um, I, who am I to send in the way of that? So... Uh, that was a really really emotional day for me. Um most the and, and the emotion I felt almost the whole day was anger. I was really angry about yeah. it. Angry with God. Angry that like it's still dealing with like the the disruption and this feeling like we had really failed at all that and it was yeah. just it was like oh, you know, can't I just be a failure at all these things and not have to then do it again.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think too, it's like this sense of, you know, can't. I think, and I think it's right and good to take a break, like after yeah. a disruption happens. But I think that's when it becomes really challenging because there's so many mixed emotions. Yep. Of like, okay, I know, I know what the right thing to do is. I know maybe what I should do, but I also don't want to do that, and, and yet, I think I should. Like, I, I think those mixtures of emotions are tied up into almost all the decisions of foster care. Like even what you were talking about earlier, Andy, of like, Hey, we we love these kids, but we're also going to love on birth mom at the same time. Like, wait, what? Like you're going to love these kids as much as you can and be willing to adopt them, but also love their birth mother at the same time. Like I, I think there's just so many confusing sets of emotions that are just balancing in your mind and in your head all the time. Yeah. The I, th- I,
2: th- I think the other piece of that too, it's like this weird balance between faith and flesh mm-hmm. that your faith tells you how to go and pursue people. And there's no dotted line. There's no like bullet points below that give you exceptions. Um, and so that's the thing that I often struggle with of like, you know, my faith says this, but my f- flesh says like, Hey, but this and this and this and this. And sometimes you just, you just have to act. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it and it is tough because there's kids and their healing at stake.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of moving parts to every single one of those. And yeah. I don't know. I've I've not been I've not spent nearly enough time as a parent without any kind of placements. That I don't know if it's just blind fear for everybody. I guess that's my question, because Chuck, you you spend a Decent amount of time with your biological kids before going into, to foster care. Was there? Were you always like? Was there always that that same kind of fear with your biological kids too, as foster kids?
3: Um, the stories are all different. So, uh, yeah, kind of, but it's it was different because you have a lot more time to sort of prepare. For a biological kid. So you've got a a, a pretty long runway. Like, I remember the news when my first biological kid was. uh, My my wife told me she was pregnant for the first time, and I was terrified. But I wasn't terrified, like, I I don't know. It's not the same. Yeah. It's, It's totally different. Like,.
0: When you're, well, I mean, when you're told yeah. by the social worker, you've got 10 minutes yeah. to decide. Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to go hide behind this tree right yes. now and be really angry about <laughs> yes. that. But yes. I, think, I think that's, that's just so di- It's such a different experience. Yeah. I actually found it off-putting because we adopted first mm-hmm. and then, then had kids biologically. Like I found it off-putting the second time because I felt like, and I've said this to Kelly so many times, that um, I, there was a lot more for me to do in the first one than there was in the second one. Like my job was over with pretty quickly on the second one. And then I just waited, but like I could do paperwork and like, I could like make this thing happen and fundraise and all the kinds of stuff. Like there was a lot of stuff that I could control and do in that process. Um, so I actually felt, I don't know if I felt more fear, but there was just way more unknown. Like I didn't even understand. I was like, wait, what? Like we're pregnant and we're going to do what? And you're gonna have a baby and like, say what but like it was much more simpler and cleaner like the adoption because that's what we were so used to like that was the weird mm. off-putting thing for me so yeah, and that in that reverse sense, I think yeah, it was it was strange, it wasn't fearful, but it was just very different, very strange I got you. by comparison so I don't know. I don't know what that means
1: Chuck, that night that you said yes and you were out I had no idea the tree story this is oh, really? this, yeah, I did not know yeah, that I didn't you know we went know outside about the tree yeah because yeah. Yeah. me and Andy both showed up to help like we were setting up a bed. Or a crib or something, yeah. Like yeah you can We were dropping stuff off. There was all kinds of stuff. Like there was yeah.
3: our household didn't have any like baby stuff at all, and then you know, you guys showed up and an hour later it was all baby everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was such a good time because like I remember Andy, Chuck, and my wife. All of our wives were out, were yeah. out talking to each other, and they were excited about the baby. And me and Andy and. Chuck are back at the bedroom putting the crib together, and occasionally Chuck would leave, and me and Andy are like, "I think he's going to be fine. It's going <laughs> <great. laughs> to be okay. We're going to keep going. <laughs> Come on." Yeah, yeah. I'm it, thinking think it'll work itself out eventually. Gonna be okay, he's going to yeah. calm down. He's, he's he's calmer now than he was when I got here. I mean, that was just like an hour ago. We're
2: fine. Yeah, the, the, the neat side in that in that moment too with that handoff. Um, so my, you know, my uh, oldest of of the sibling group. um, she had a lot of anxiety about this. Um, you know, and so like the cool thing about Chuck going and hashing it out at the tree is in the, <laughs> on, on the other side of, of the ball, you know, here we are as a family that like, as soon as I told her, Hey, your baby brother is here, he's born. Like they knew mom ha- was expecting. And, um, she's like, Oh neat. Can he come and sleep in my room? Cause they already mm-hmm. knew that like, Hey, we're tapped out of beds. Um, and so I said, no, sweetie, I- you know, we had to say no. You could see this instant anxiety hit her face, mm. um, and then I told her, I said, "But he's gonna go to Chuck and Jody's, hmm. and he's gonna be with the boys and Rhea And like, you could instantly see the relief um, from my own kid's face of like, "Okay, if not here, I'm cool with that." And I'm like, yeah. and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm cool with that too." And I think God is too. Chuck may not be there yet, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, he'll catch up. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. So, like, in the interim of all of this, while, while, you know, the paperwork's being processed and he's on his way over to Chuck's and Greg and his wife are out, you know, gathering things, I've actually got her at the store picking out stuff. I'm, like, picking out all kinds of stuff for this little baby boy. Um, but unbeknownst to her, we didn't actually tell her until later on that night um, that she was actually picking out everything for her brother. Um, But it was really cool. Like once we told her, like you could just see this like excitement and jubilation in the sister. That you know she is definitely the caregiver of this crew, Um, and for her to know that her her brother was taken care of and her brother was safe was such a cool moment to watch as a parent. So yeah,
1: yeah, Chuck. I like to give you a hard time on this whole thing too because I've seen you with this little baby now multiple times, so I know how things have gone since then. Do you want to yeah. talk a little bit? Like, talk some about that. Like, we're giving you a hard time yeah. right now. I'd like... To, the redemption of Chuck's story started when?
3: <laughs> well, I mean, once he showed up, he's a baby, and he was yeah. great. But um, the one of the really cool things about him, uh, his name is Matthew, which, incidentally, means a gift from God. That's yeah. the name, <laughs> meaning. And... I didn't really know that until um later on in the year but we were looking up names we're still trying to figure out what we're gonna name him you know if we adopt him if we're gonna change his name or whatever and um like for whatever reason matthew has been the kid that like it's just been the thing that god needed to send into my life to help me heal from the past like, from the disruption, from all the other stuff that was going on, my family absolutely loves this kid. Like, he is obviously everybody's favorite. Like, everybody (laughs) loves him so much. And he's just, he's wonderful. And, like, it's been, like, a complete gift from God all Mm, the way
0: through. So cool. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He's 10 months old now, and he's starting to crawl, and, you know, he's just super cute. And He's he's chubby and just eats everything and like he's so cute and so like just he sleeps all the time, like at night and like I don't know. Like I couldn't have asked for a more awesome baby than him. Yeah. So.
0: It's cool. What what's the journey been like? So once you kind of say yes to this, now I mean your families are connected in this kind of weird, strange way. <laughs> um, what what has that looked like as you've kind of you, you say yes once, and now it's like, and now we're enmeshed in this journey together. What's that looked like for you guys?
3: Well, the most difficult part was then figuring out how we were supposed to actually address each other title-wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What that do we call each other? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We,
2: we definitely we spent probably way too much time word-smithing yeah. this one out. <laughs> so what did we come up with? Uh, we are officially foster step brother-in-laws.
0: Foster step-brother-in-laws. It's yes. a little bit of a mouthful, but it does yeah, not that, of That
1: immediately implies that one of you owes the other a large sum of money that they're never going to get. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that's sure just, who owes who. Yeah, We're yeah. going to sort this out later. It's
3: fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Can, it future Chuck little. and future Andy problems. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. But there definitely is going
3: to be some owing of money. So yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think just naturally like when you explain like to others like hey we're out somewhere and yeah our, our kids are all related but how and why like yeah. i mean i just think that's just that's just funny to me. well my know.
1: favorite part is to when people start asking the people will ask those kind of questions oh yeah because when people you get are to a large enough nosy. number of children people don't know what to do they mm. stop dropping all pretense and they just stare yeah. <laughs> don't give them any help That's my favorite part. (laughs) Especially like when you have kids that are obviously from like different races or whatnot. Yeah. And they have people like, brothers? No, they got different moms. And then just let it ride. Don't say anything else. Just make them sit in their discomfort. Yeah. It's Mm. fun.
0: We often get told our kids are about the same height because my daughter is much higher percentile than my son. And like we get asked frequently if they're twins. And I'm like... They have different different races,
1: like they're <laughs> clearly
0: not twins. But I've gotten asked that by a grocery store clerk at least a dozen times. Like
1: I'm, like I kind of laughed right there, but I I want to be just just cognizant of the fact that they've done some amazing things with movies these days. They're really, <laughs> there's a lot of things that are feasible. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it could happen. I'm sure yeah. that it has happened somewhere. Yeah, yeah, uh, we'll find it. Yeah. Next episode.
2: Next
0: episode. <laughs> <laughs> Next on just a Justified. Yeah,
2: we uh, we oftentimes get the, well, where did he get the red hair from? Because his older sister has brunette hair. My wife and my oldest daughter have brunette hair. She looks like she fits in. And here's this poor little, you know, redheaded guy. And I'm like, oh, he gets it from his mom. And then they look back at my wife. And I'm like, no, 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 his other mom. I'm like, five kids, five different, you know, five different uh, dads. It's It's a math equation. Like, just try yeah. not... We, we're yeah. just not going to figure this one just, out. Yeah. Just don't work just on the away. math.
0: Just just walk away. Yeah, just go. Yeah. 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 Um, what would you say, I mean, through this journey, kind of getting into to foster care, ending up adopting this this kind of crazy part of the story, I mean, what would you say is something you guys have learned as a dad through this journey?
3: Um, well, <laughs> patience. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> like, and, and then I think the reliance on God kind of thing. Like, um, one of the, before we, before our placement that we had a couple of years ago, um, Albert Tate was here preaching and he preached and he used this sermon illustration where he talked about a car and like, um, how our role is just to get in the back seat and let God drive the car. Mm-hmm. And we tend to just try to get in the front seat and always drive the car everywhere where it's supposed to go. And like, we, they, we feel like we're in control we have the illusion of control and all these things. And when you go into the foster care, Stuff uh, you realize you just have no control over any of this stuff. And you kind of just have to let things happen the way they're supposed to happen or the way God intends for them to happen. And so there's been a lot of just letting God do his thing and me just, like, submitting to whatever that thing is. Yeah. And lots of, like, it's okay that I'm angry about this. Like, just beca- accepting the fact that, hey, I'm going to be angry or I'm going to be scared or I'm going to be all these other emotions, and that's okay. I can sit in those feelings and I can even talk to you know you guys about that stuff my friends about that stuff and like anybody who's been a foster dad understands all those things too and um sometimes the best thing to do is just share those with each other and let God do his thing and so I don't know that that, for me that's been the the biggest area of growth I would say
0: Hmm. yeah I think the more, and I think the more people we interview on this podcast. I mean, I think that's the thing we keep hearing is like, so we thought it was going to happen like this, and none of those mm-hmm. things happened, and this happened, and that. And I think it is that that illusion of control, like even after you get the get the opportunity to say yes or no to this right. little baby, like that's still like a hundred thousand things up in the air about what will happen next. Absolutely. in the journey for right. sure. Andy, what do you think?
2: I would, I would say for. For us, I would say it's almost love and resilience hmm. um, you know in, in a lot of this is seen through the eyes of of my almost seven year old so she entered our house a month before her third birthday. Um, no one had taught her words she didn't even know her name she couldn't respond to you um, you know oftentimes, like people that were around that they were in our house and then literally the next day we show up to church for um, for the first time uh, it was almost like looking in her eyes was looking into a black hole um, because no one had given her anything. Uh, and she, you oftentimes hear of one of the kids being the caregiver. Um, here she is as a two year old that, you know, she basically had sacrificed two years of her life to protect her brother. Mm -hmm. Um, even as a, even as a toddler herself. Um, so it's incredible to see the resilience and the love that's there. Like I tell people all the time, like my, my five kids, like, um, so oftentimes they fight because they're siblings um, and they're five different people, um, but like they've really shown us how to like love people harder um, in in this journey um, and fight for people. Um, and, and so like for Sophia, um, you know, coming into the house last between the three of them, it also showed us um, really just that protection piece, that love of of God that She didn't come in our house right away. We actually thought she was coming that weekend. Um, We'd actually set the crib up for her, and I was going out of town for a conference. And I remember rushing home before actually leaving from that to tear it down so that my wife didn't have to come home and have that reminder all weekend long um, that God had other plans for her that weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, for her, just that protection and love that God offers us, uh, you know, she's definitely, man, she's the enforcer of our house. Wow. I mean, we, we actually joke uh, she has a Russian dictator nickname, but it's uh, Poopsky. Um, but, but, you know, like she she definitely, you know, runs the place. And But to see Ella now, um, you know, she's still got a little bit of a delay um, from an education standpoint. But to see her uh, in school with kids her age doing the things that kids her age do uh, and see that just explosion of, of growth once people – um, gave us the opportunity to start pouring into her It's just been such a cool blessing. Um, Clinton's gone from a kid that didn't trust really anybody um, much less had no trust in women at all um, uh, to seeing a kid that he's just all boy you know he loves monster trucks and kicking bad guys butts um, okay. you know it's pretty pretty awesome to see but even for my oldest to um, you know for them they they've probably taught me to slow down uh, and sacrifice uh, to know that, you know, what they've given up um, so that these three could be part of our family um, and heal uh, and be on the journey that we're all on together. Like it's pretty cool, pretty cool thing to like look back and, you know, and see your other two uh, kids give you as well. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, all in all, uh, this is just a great reminder for me every day when I look at them of like why God called us to foster um, was just to take a chance on somebody that, that, gave up and got quit on.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. That's cool. So you, I, I want to ask Greg this cause like you've watched this story again, like you, you came up several times in this story <laughs> of having offered sometimes helpful and, and sometimes just advice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what advice. would you say? Having watched this story from the outside, What's your thought on kind of just how this whole story came together and what it what it's done for for Chuck and Andy?
1: I mean, I remember walking around the the, when we we say fourth floor, there's an unfinished fourth floor in the in the office building that we that we work in for our our day job. And it's a big circular pathway. So we would just walk around in circles and that's where we could go and and say things that, that, you know, you shouldn't say when you're upset and mad, but. Yeah, there's nothing else up there, so we can't. Yeah. And so we would. I mean, the number of miles that we walked up there, when, when Andy was going through all of the the questions around, hey, what's what happens with, in this situation, and I mean, because it started just from a let me get to know this guy a little bit more, and Andy and I, like, started around the same time working at the organization that we work at, and like he provided so much of a. Of a welcome to me because he and I both started here not coming from a, a, a like church job background. Yeah, we both came from private sector, if you will, and came in, and so he just poured into me so much in ways that I couldn't I couldn't believe. And then getting to just listen to him talk through all the stuff that was going on in his particular journey and like these were all things that. I had done, and quite frankly, had probably done wrong <laughs> before he got to them. And I was like, "No, nah, no, nah, you're gonna have that. It's fine." And it just most of what I did was just was just listen to Andy talk through stuff, and I got the privilege of being able to say stuff like, "Yeah, no, no. yeah, that's messed up. It is. It's just you're right. Like, No, it's messed up. It's just a messed yeah. up situation." And so, getting to see him develop and turn into that—that that just Fierce warrior for these kids, and then I got to to watch Chuck and his family go through that same the same process to start opening their home and. I mean, there were multiple conversations I had with Chuck about reopening his home, and he just—he would look at me and be so mad. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, like, he's asking questions that you should ask. It's the mature thing to do. And I would give him the answer, and he didn't like the answer. And I didn't like the answer when it was given to me (laughs) either. It's just this, yeah, I know. It's what we should do. I understand. And something that I don't know that I ever told you, Chuck, but the amount of just fear and personal responsibility that I felt around what you and your family went through. Cause they had, they had a, a couple, they had a sibling set that was placed with them. And I mean, God love the stubbornness of Chuck bump. Cause he hung in there for months yeah. after, after a lot of people would have said, I don't know that this is the, the right place for us. And he tried, he fought, he fought harder. He fought harder than I think I ever have. And, and, so to have that feeling of like, okay, this is someone that I was encouraging to do this and now he's in this situation and yeah. I felt really I felt really responsible and bad that that had all happened. And then I remember it was uh Chuck's wife Jody had called my wife to say, Hey, they're taking a placement. It's it's Andy and their families they're Adopted kiddos, little. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Again, how do you explain yeah, this yeah. Well, thing? Yeah. she said, I forget what she said, but we didn't have to. It was the is the the sibling of the like, yeah, I got you, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, these are. It's all those relationships that there aren't words for, and we, I knew what we were talking about, and so, I mean, my wife was. My wife is really kind of a foster placement ninja, like she's almost like, like if we were to translate her skill set into something from the movies she's like the supply guy for the mobsters.
3: Like you know, well, oh yeah, yeah. You 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 want a you want a
1: carpet cleaning van? I got it. Not a problem. Like that's my wife. She can do that. I don't. But it's only for foster kids. Yeah. Like she's just got this network of like you want bunk beds? I got bunk beds. You want two sets? I got them. I got bunk beds. I got them. Not bit. a problem. I've I've had I've owned probably four sets of bunk beds. We've never bought a one. I don't know where they come from. They just like, they they may fall off a truck. That's like I don't I don't ask her questions because when she goes into that zone, she scares me. That's but, so but she she's like yeah yeah they're taking a placement and instantly we just started driving around, like, the Tri-County area and had a car full of stuff and showed up and got to celebrate with the family, and, and yeah, and to see the healing and to see this relationship mm-hmm. and the way that this has all taken place for them, it's, yeah, it's amazing. It's obvious that God has showed up in a really large way in these yeah. guys' lives, yeah. and it's kind of, it's funny that they that they mentioned me a few times, but I really, I feel privileged that God got to use some of my own personal ramblings at time to... Say something that wasn't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> destructive, <laughs>
0: but I, I think I mean, to me, it's community. Like that's like what what a created the scenario that now four kids are safe and secure, mm. and not only safe and secure, but have contact and relationship mm. and all that kind of stuff is because you all three of you guys, to a degree, like, Stepped out in faith and said yes to this, but then also realize like, it's not just me. I'm not just saying yes to this on my own. Like other people have said yes to this too. How can I learn from them? How can I walk with them? How can I journey with them? How can I share the frustrations and the fears, the anger around this thing? And I think, man, if, if for those of folks who are listening and don't have that, please go find that. Mm. Like, and it's uh, a, it's, it's meaningful for you. Mm. I think as a foster and adoptive parent to have somebody else that you can identify with. But I think, man, this is also a beautiful story of how it can be meaningful for the kids. Um, And this isn't the first one. Like I know about a dozen stories like this where two different foster families end up adopting because by and large, like I can tell you story after story of sibling groups of five, six, seven, nine. In foster care, and no one family could take them on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. there's not a family out there that's like, "Yes, nine kids today, please, ranging in age from <laughs> from you know five months to 16. Like, no family can really legitimately say, "Well, maybe Greg's." But um, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. if you are out there, please
1: feel free. Please do appreciate. Wayne's to- contact info is in the liner notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now he's got so, to put it there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, no, I think it's great that you bring that up up, Blaine, because I know know the four of us have actually had that conversation over and over and over again, not just together, but with other men in our, our, you know, community that um, sometimes you feel when you're in the trenches and you're down there deep, um, and I think every foster journey gets deep at some point, Mm -hmm. um, it gets really lonely sometimes. And I think that's been the biggest thing that, you know, God has been able to do to move me forward. Uh, and cause there've been times where I was out, I was so checked out, um, you know, through through the last four years of like, Hey, this is not good anymore. Um, I'm not doing a good job. And I just had other men come alongside of me and, you know, you just have to have somebody in your court to tell you, no, when you need to be told no, um, like, Hey, I just want to stick with what I have. I don't want this other baby. No. Um, but also those days where like you feel by yourself, like, no, you're not, I'm right here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely you need to. You need to have another foster dad that gets it in your corner desperately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope the folks that have listened to this, I think it's just a, it's a cool, incredible story. Um, and, um, kudos to you guys for having said yes, and then keeping on the journey together. Um, I think it's a, it's a great story and I'm so glad we got to hear all of it here today. Um, and now that we've been like so serious, I even made Greg get serious for yeah, a couple of minutes there, which was great. Um, I think we should also take a few minutes and just tell some dad jokes. So um, let's do that. Mm-hmm. So I know what I was looking, when I was looking for, for dad jokes earlier, I, I found a, a whole link uh, to dirty dad jokes that you could tell. And I mean, they were them so really interesting, but you know, a lot of them were about Mike Rowe. Yeah, wow. No, that was okay. sad. Wow. That, that's, I know. I'm it. starting us low. I'm Mike giving Rose, us place a to grow. <laughs> My guest, yeah. I don't know. Dirty jobs. grow. If you
1: would like to adopt somebody so you can come on the show, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> not to say that you haven't. If you have, that's just, you, that's way, way easier. Know. You can reach out to Blaine. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to help him with that. And he's the one that used you in his joke. You're not a joke to me, sir. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seriously, I needed to work on these I, I should have written these down so much better Because I used—I was putting together an entire list of these And I found out where I want to keep all of these jokes Yeah In a database
0: Oh, oh. I knew something was coming And I was just waiting Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think
1: we may have told that one I'm not no. sure <laughs> No,
0: no but I sent you I found that on a t-shirt the oh, other day Oh, well, yeah, was. what it was. Did, And I was mad because yeah. Because I already knew yeah, the joke that, Yeah,
1: that was right
2: <laughs> All right,
0: Chuck and Andy, you guys got a good one for us?
2: Yeah, uh, what do you call a factory where okay products are made? Where
0: okay products are made?
2: Yeah, a satisfactory. Mm. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Oh yeah. Let them ruminate for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take, that one.
0: Take that one in. Well.
3: <laughs> All right, so what rock group has four men that don't sing?
0: Four men
1: that don't sing? Are you asking us to be in a rock
0: group? <laughs> yeah. Are we about to start a boy
3: band right now? Yeah. I'm in. Uh, Mount Rushmore. Hey. 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 I went to Mount Rushmore. I like that one. It's not yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, staying
2: with uh, social studies and geography, hmm. um, what is... <laughs> <laughs> that was a I'm massively sorry.
0: good transition.
2: <laughs> and I can't keep it together. But what is the best thing about Switzerland...
0: The best thing about Switzerland? Chocolate? Cheese?
2: I don't know, but its flag is a big plus.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Just a Fad podcast today. Whether you're just getting started or have been on the foster or adoption journey for years, we hope that you got something encouraging or inspiring from our conversation. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, and we would love to hear from you. You can send us an email at justafadpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about some topics that you want us to talk about, share a dad win from your family, or just send us a dad joke. You can really tell that we like dad jokes. Special thanks to our intrepid sound engineer, Chris Millett, who made sure that we don't just sound like Ricky Bobby with a podcast here. And until next time, this is Just a fad.